Welcome to Real Truth Real Quick. My name is Adam Tarno, joined as always by Todd Wagner. Hello, Adam. Hello, friends. All right, Todd, question this week is this. If I ask, seek, and knock, will it be given to me? Well, Jesus sure seems to think so, but like um, so many things that people say, you better make sure you read them in context because context is king. So Matthew 7, 7 is a verse that just simply says this. Ask and you'll receive, or ask and it'll be given to you. Seek and you'll find. Knock and the door will be open to you. And then as if he really wanted to accentuate the point in verse 8, he just comes through and he just says, everyone who asks receives, everyone who seeks finds, and everyone who knocks, the door is open. So man, that sounds like Katie bar the door, yeah. right? I can basically make uh, God my personal genie. I can rub the lamp of faith and I'll get what I want. But let me just tell you, Adam, faith is not a force. God is not a genie. And... This verse both confuses and uh, frustrates some people, okay? And has been terribly abused by those who, as uh, Peter says in 2 Peter 3, this book is, has in it some things that are difficult to understand, which the untaught and uneducated distort to their own destruction. Yeah. Okay, this verse can get you in a lot of trouble. So the question is, we know that Jesus is not a liar, and so the question is, what is the it that will be given to you? Yeah. Okay? And... The context of this verse follows right after it. So in verse 9 and 10, what does Jesus say? Yeah, he says, Or what man is there among you when his son asks for a loaf, will give him a stone? Or if he asks for a fish, will not give him a snake, will he? That's right. Yeah. What he's saying is, I'm going to give you good things. Yeah. Right? If you, who are evil, certainly compared to our Holy Father, Holy God, uh, know how to give what is good. Don't you think God does too? Yeah. So God's going to give you what is good. Um, there's a real truth real quick we did on if God already knows what he's going to do, what, why should we pray anyway? It might be a good one to listen to. There's another one we did that uh, really just says, hey, when I pray, should I pray in Jesus' name? And that's not a bad one to listen to. It's short. But let me just tell you the, the main line in that one, and I, I loved uh, the way we ended that, the last 20 seconds or the gold of that whole real truth real quick. But we just basically make the case in there that praying in Jesus' name is not going to make a bad request happen. And praying something that God wants you to pray and not ending it by saying in Jesus' name is not going to keep it from happening. Right. Okay? So um, some verses that we quote there that we need to quote here, uh, one's in, in 1 John chapter 5, verse 14. It just says this is the confidence that we have. Okay? Uh, that uh, if we ask anything, watch this, according to his will, it will be given to us. That's exactly what it says in John chapter 14, verse 14. If you ask me anything in my name, I will do it. But the verse before that in verse 13 says, so the Father might be glorified in the Son. So if it's going to glorify the Son, and if it's according to his will, John 15, 7, um, if you abide in me and my word abides in you, ask and it will be given to you. So there seems to be a lot of qualifiers here that you need to possess when you ask, seek, and knock. Right. If you're asking for something, like it says in James 4.3, out of a selfish motive, then that's part of your problem, okay? But if what you're asking is to see the, the son glorified, and you're not telling the father how he should glorify his own son, mm. right? Because, for instance, Peter was pretty sure the way to glorify the son was not to go to a cross. God forbid it, Lord. You'll never go to a cross. And yet that's how the son was going to ultimately be glorified and to be shown who he was. Sometimes... What we need to really remind ourselves of is that we've got a good, good father. And, well, not sometimes. We need to always, yeah. always remind ourselves of that. In fact, I was reading a guy who said this recently, and I couldn't agree with him more. Every defect that's found in human can be found uh, in, 
in a human's inability to understand the goodness of God as a father. That's great. I think that's exactly true. Yeah. And sometimes we think our father's not listening to us. And I really, when I read that, I just started to contemplate on, man, I, I am evil and I only want good for my kids, but because I love my kids, I don't give them everything they ask for, okay? Because I know that's not what's best for them. And um, we know that every good and perfect gift comes from above, uh, from our Father, with whom there's no shifting light or any variant shadow, the scripture says. And um, what I think we need to realize is that what we should ask for is his will to be done, not ours. Yeah. And what we should really ask is we should ask him to be glorified in even the way we go through various trials, that he would use these trials to produce in us its perfect results so we might be complete, lacking in nothing. And we need to move ourselves to the place where we can do what Habakkuk did. Okay, So Habakkuk was a prophet that came to God and said, God, I can't believe you're going to do this thing that you've indicated you're going to do, which in this case is use the wicked Babylonians, Chaldeans, to come and oppress Israel and to bring Israel into judgment when he's like, wait a minute. I mean, I know Israel's not righteous, but the Chaldeans, the Babylonians, they're even worse. What are you doing? And God says, I'm going to go to work and I'm going to do something so wonderful that you can't even believe it. And so Habakkuk listens to God, remind him uh, of God's goodness and sovereignty that he makes no mistakes. And so he ends his book in Habakkuk 3, 17 through 19. He says, though the fig tree should not blossom, though there be no fruit on the vines. And he just goes through and he talks about how if the produce of the olive should fail, if uh, the fields yield no food, if the flock are cut off from the fold. And he goes on in all these poetic ways. If there's no cattle in the stalls, he says, yet I will rejoice in the Lord. Mm. Right? Because what I really want is to know that the goodness of God is going to work on my behalf. Okay? And so... Um, let me encourage you with this. The knocking that you really want to do uh, or respond to is not the knocking where you're telling God what you want to have done. Jesus says in Revelation 3.20, Behold, I stand at the door and knock. This is the will of the Father. This is the kindness of God, that God's knocking on the door of your heart. And he says, If anyone hears me knock and opens the door to my goodness, all right, I will come in to him and dine with him and he with me. So... The knocking that will not be refused is the knocking of a penitent sinner with a broken and contrite heart that just says, God, will you allow me to have fellowship with you though I'm a sinner, right? Ask for forgiveness and mercy and your good Father who is kind to evil and ungrateful men will give it to you. Seek God with your whole heart and you will always find him, okay? And so ask for that because it's the Father's will that none should perish but that all should come to repentance, okay? And inherit eternal life. But stop making God your genie, right? Where you can just basically use faith as a force or rip scriptures out of context and ask for things that may not be the Father's will. God's gonna use sometimes um, our not getting what we want to show us more of who he is. But uh, you can be sure of this, what he wants you to experience is intimacy with him, mercy and forgiveness and restoration with him through Jesus Christ. And that can only happen through Jesus' name and the work that he did on the cross. Amen. Love it so much. We'll click on those show notes for other helpful resources. Thank you so much for watching, and we'll talk to you again next week.